because there is a significant period of time, a significant necessary synthesis that is needed between learning and knowing. And we're in the middle of that. And I think where we are right now and where we have been in 2021, the greatest power move that any of us could offer is saying, I don't know. Because it is at this point, the only real truth that we can access. Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for all things real talk and conscious conversations about shit that really fucking matters. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, your go-to bisexual polyamorous confidence coach who tells it as it is and owns her mess. If you're here to live your fuck yes life, welcome home, my love. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to episode 137 of the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast. Today is a very special episode because we are back to our yearly recap of the year with none other than the resident astrologer um, and my friend Jordan Shomer, who um, really breaks open what we navigated astrologically and what the stars said we were going to be navigating this last year as a really beautiful way to intentionally sit back and take stock of our year, notice what we went through, um, see what resonates and what doesn't, and also talk about what's to come in 2022. Um, We did this last year and it was so fun and I just think such a beautiful way to kind of end the year, the calendar year out. And we're doing that again um, since we're almost there, which is fucking wild. So happy December and we're just going to deep dive right the fuck into this. Before we get in, I just did want to let you all know, I did announce this on Instagram, but um, I opened up a bunch more time in my calendar for the next couple of weeks for peer support sessions. If you're unfamiliar, I offer peer support sessions on all things from non-monogamy to coming out later in life um, and queerness to the BRCA gene, a double mastectomy and all that stuff. And I love chatting with you all. Um, And it's a really beautiful way to sort of just talk to somebody who gets it, you know, um, and and have one-on-one time over Zoom where we can just, you know, deep dive into what you're needing support around and for someone who genuinely understands what you're navigating because a lot of the time you don't have anybody in your life who's going through those specific things. I know I didn't. Um, and it's been so beautiful getting to know all of you. And normally I have my time pretty limited, but the next couple of weeks I specifically open it up as we're leading into the holidays. Um, and I'm going to be then gone for three weeks um, between the holiday and then traveling. So uh, get your booties in. It's already starting to fill up. You can head over to uh, you know the my link in my bio on both Instagram or TikTok, or you can just go to amandacatherineloy.com forward slash peer support. Um, and you can get either a 30-minute session or a 60-minute session. If you do want to come in with a partner or partners, um, just shoot me a DM on Instagram and I'll send you a specific link um, because it's a little different that way. And yeah, it's going to be a good time. But without further ado, let's get the fuck into this episode. Here we go. Ah, today's episode so exciting because this is this is the third time that we've done this. And I feel like you've officially become the Live Your Fuck Yes Life community's resident astrologer. And you officially get that title. Like I think based on this, um, yeah. And so I'm stoked and, um, cannot wait to just dive into all the things that were 2021 and then also get a sneak peek in what's to come for 2022 for everybody as a collective. Um, so if you hadn't listened to, uh, the previous last two with Jordan, like get ready because this is going to be, 
This is truly one of my favorite episodes that I do every single year. And I, you're the only, other than like my birthday episode where I kind of like recant the things I've learned in the last year of my life. Um, you're kind of like the consistent, you know, beacon. So I love that. So welcome back to the pod. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me. I, uh, gratefully and gracefully receive the title of resident astrologer for the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast. Um, what an honor. Yeah, I'm stoked. Okay, so let's just deep dive in um, into all the stuff. Like what, from a cosmic level, you know, were we mm-hmm. navigating in 2021? I feel like it was such a weird year, uh, like for so many of us. And I'm curious what the stars said, like what the things that like we can just as a recap, just kind of, I don't know. And also use this opportunity to, as you're listening to what Jordan is saying about collectively, like how this impacted your own individual experience of 2021 and noticing like, oh, what were the things I went through this year? And just use this as almost an opportunity for you to sit down if you can with your journal and just like really take stock of the last year, take stock of the celebrations, take stock of the stuff that you moved through that was hard and give yourself that, that intentional time. I think it's something that so few of us do. And it's something that's so important for me every single year before going into the next year. And I love that this is happening now. So yeah, let us know what the fuck happened in 2021 cosmically that we might, I'm sure so much. (laughs) Yeah. 2021 was a major year. Last time we spoke at the end of 2020, um, we were in a different era. And as of December 21st, 2020, we have moved into a new cycle, a new cycle of collective priorities um, and sort of like a new cycle of the general vibe where our focus lands, what um, what our aim is. And for the last 200 years, we've been living under Earth circumstances. And Earth is grounded and linear and about building and hierarchy and, um, I mean, capitalizing, industrializing. Um, And that's the world that we know. We know this sort of rise and grind Mm -hmm. feeling as though our ability to produce is is linked to our work. That is what we were conditioned under. And now we have moved into an age and an era that is permeated by the qualities of air. Air being community, ideas, technology, um, theory, and the future. As of December 21st, 2020, we stepped into the future. And so 2021 was this massive collective shift of how do we work with this newness? How do we find center in a completely different landscape? Mm. Um, I'm sure that we've all noticed that time moves much differently in 2021 than it did in 2020. from my experience and the collective, what I've gathered from the collective, 2020 was very like linear. It was a slog. It was just like one thing after another. And then 2021 came around 
and things are moving more abstract. It's sort of like we're in a time warp where things move really quickly, but also really slowly, simultaneously. Yeah. And that's also the nature of having the planet Saturn, which it represents father time and sort of um, the collective structures at large in the sign of Aquarius, which yeah, you and I know. Love. I was, I was wondering, like, I was like, I think I remember you saying like, we're moving into the age of Aquarius. Am I remembering that correctly? Okay. Mm-hmm. Age of Aquarius, age of air. Um, and our collective priorities are shifting. And one of the most uh, visceral like cosmic experiences that we've been feeling this year and moving through this year is this battle in the sky between Aquarius, um, between Saturn and Aquarius and Saturn being the way things have always been. Saturn is very much like, this is how it is because this is how it's been. And the planet Uranus, which is all about no fucks given onward and upward into the future. Mm. And so there is this, on a collective and a personal level of the old guard versus the new. We're sort of stuck in the middle of what was and what could be. Mm. And right now we're being called into um, really finding the comfort and bravery. Maybe that means sort of like faith in ourselves as a collective, as individuals, to relinquish control of what has always been our go-tos like things are being revised and rewritten on a massive level and we are being asked to be flexible yeah yeah I I have witnessed that even in just my work like it's been so interesting having come out as polyamorous in like the end of 2019 and like you know, the amount of people that I see that are actively curious and not just curious now, but like moving into the space of non-monogamy is astronomically different than a couple of years ago. Like so many people are opening themselves up Mm -hmm. to this shift in a paradigm around what we've been taught relationships are meant to look like. And I'm sure that's existed in so many other ways too. But given that that's like so been so much of my focus this last year, it's just been, I've noticed such a change. And like, I recently saw a statistic that 35% of millennials and the generations below have been in or are currently in a non-monogamous relationship. And that statistic was staggering to me staggering Mm -hmm. like two years ago there's no way we would have been close to that and I was like damn (laughs) shit's awakening (laughs) well my astrological prediction is in the coming months I think that rate will be even higher Mm. um because right now um not exactly right now, but starting uh, in December, December 17th, um, we are going through a Venus retrograde in the sign of Capricorn. And Venus is the planet of our values, our relationships, what we are attracted to and how we connect to each Mm. other. Capricorn is a sign of structure. And wherever the planet that is in charge of the sign is sitting also influences how that sign operates. And Saturn, who is like Capricorn daddy, is in Aquarius, which is like weird and wacky and experimental. (laughs) And so we are 
really feeling this call inward to strip away and let go of, or I mean, more accurately, destroy any relationship structures that are not built on a foundation of integrity, that are not aligned with our values. Mm. And Saturn is right now from his position in Aquarius, encouraging us to try something different or um, accept the parts of ourselves that are different. Aquarius is all about uniqueness and feels uncomfortable being pushed into the box of status quo. And so I think as the quiet contemplation of this Venus retrograde, um, which takes us into March, like it's a real, Mm. it's a long period of time. It's basically all of winter. We are where we are reviewing, revising, and reorienting our relationships. And that really means how we relate to the world around us, how we connect to the world around us, not even just person to person, but also person to person. I think that there will be this sort of internal revolution that extends outward in the next number of months. Mm. That sounds equally exciting and terrifying at the same goddamn time. (laughs) Well, yeah, you nailed it. (laughs) I mean, I'm like, I don't know how much more revolution I can take given everything I've exploded in my own world the last, like, few years. I don't know. But maybe that's my Aquarius in me, you know, being, like, maybe a little more ahead of the times. Absolutely. That's our nature. We are the change agents here to guide the collective into the future. Yeah. And I think that the work that you do is even more relevant because of this collective energy, this collective call into newness and into change and into places that are scary because we've never seen them before. Yeah. Um, The navigating this energy of both Venus retrograde and of um, just the collective shift that we are moving through. um, I asked myself, well, how do you chart uncharted territory if not one step at a time? And so having leaders and people who are, we're leading by example, like you to allow other people to see themselves reflected in you. I think that is the sort of change that we need right now, because especially with Venus going retrograde, Venus relationships and relationships are just a mirror to us. And sometimes we need to relate to someone through the interwebs. Mm. That's like, oh, I see a piece of myself in them. And maybe that allows me the permission to step into this expression of self. Totally. I've experienced that so many times with so many folks on, you know, on the interwebs that I'm like, oh, wait, like I see this part of me or this part of me that I feel like subconsciously has been here, but I see them living their truth. And I'm like, oh, oh. Why am I feeling pulled to this? Like, didn't think I'd feel yeah. that way. Okay, let's expand and examine this a little bit more. So, exactly. It's like they're doing it and they're so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the queer thing of like, uh, am I in love with you because I just want to be like you or do I want to be in you? <laughs> yeah, truly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So, are we 
like as a collective then is it going to be much more focused because Venus is in retrograde like are we going to be much more focused on the relationship component of things is that where we're going to start seeing more shifts especially coming up yes but the way that this retrograde is working um wherever Venus you know, because a retrograde is when a planet is moving forward and then pauses and begins moving backwards. It's it's actually an optical illusion from the vantage point of Earth, mm. but it has energetic implications. Um, and Venus is pausing right next to the planet Pluto. And Pluto is destruction. And so um, this reevaluating and reorienting is also coming through the lens of loss. Pluto is a planet of destruction, of letting go, of transformation. Mm-hmm. And this is a time of consolidating. Capricorn is all about quality over quantity. And if you are engaging in relationships that are one, not a healthy mirror to your value system and to your sense of self-worth, or it's run its course. It doesn't serve you any longer. It's time for you to sever those ties Mm -hmm. and not from a place of, um, you know, resentment from a place of being willing to grow Mm -hmm. and, you know, saying lovingly and compassionately, um, thank you for everything, but the direction that I am moving in, um, no longer, you know, there's no longer a place for you in that. And I wish you the best. Yeah, such an interesting timing for this, Jordan, because I (laughs) literally haven't talked about this on the podcast because, you know, I haven't, uh, this happened recently, but last week I got broken up with and um, I talked about this in my, in my Instagram um, a couple days ago, just about like breakups and everything. And I, you know, also been noticing that like, I'm not having the typical reaction I have to a breakup as much as I I had so many visions for where things could potentially go with her and I. I also found myself like being very at peace. I'm not so at peace at the way that it went down or uh but the way that I feel about it no longer being in my world. And yeah. that's just so interesting that you bring that up and I wonder how many people can relate to that whether it's in relationship or also the the transition component of things or feeling like we're in this interesting season where we're just like condensing and you know like destroying shit that no longer serves us. Yeah. Um, so that's really really Well, cool. and I would just I'd also love to offer you just the timing of that. Like the the theme of this Venus retrograde really started generating last week. And not to say, you know, like perfect timing because it's never the perfect time to feel, you know, the impact of a breakup. Totally. Um, it's never fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, but, you know, I think that you clearly are in a place of understanding yourself well enough to know that um, it, if it happened to a degree, it might have been necessary for your well-being. Yeah, even if I don't um, and for really see it or grow. understand it right now. Yeah, but I do feel like a component of this Venus retrograde, which is not always present um, in Venus retrogrades, Venus retrogrades are always sort of a death and rebirth. Um, the story of Venus retrograde um, aligns with the story of Inanna being pulled into the underworld. And during Venus retrograde, Venus dies. She's pulled in, she's pulled into the fire of the sun. 
and stripped bare of everything that is hers, everything frivolous. And she has to fight for her life mm. to reemerge, reborn, aligned with her values. And I think that part of this particular Venus retrograde also includes grief. Um, the mourning for the loss, because we are creatures of attachment. We get attached to each other. We get attached to our things. We get attached to the things that we know and love. And as those things begin falling away or exploding or however that is manifesting for you, allowing yourself the space to mourn, um, because you deserve it. Yeah. Because that's part of the process. That's yeah. how we transmute that attachment into space for something new. And so making sure that you're leaving room for the grief and the mourning and the emotional expression of how you need to feel, um, you know, taken care of after such a, a you know, devastating or less experience. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but yeah. 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 So good. Okay. So looking backwards, like this last year, mm -hmm. what were the big, like massive star cosmic experiences? I know like there's constantly stuff happening, but were there any like big ones mm -hmm. that you're like, this is a big moment that shifted things or yeah. like, can we just like kind of go through the chronological order of the year and be like in February, there was this thing or whatever. <laughs> so, um, the way I view it, there were two major astrological events or astrological circumstances that were most felt on a collective level. This, this planets are always moving. They're always talking to each other. They're always fighting. They're always kissing. They're always doing something. Um, but the first major one that was specific to 2021 is that battle between Saturn and Uranus, what was versus what is. Um, and it was incredibly tense. We felt it in February um, at sort of like a peak, then again in July, and then finally, um, like in a couple days. <laughs> um, so these planets are clashing from fixed signs, Aquarius, where Saturn is, and Taurus, where Uranus is, are signs that are fixed. And fixed is just what it sounds like, immovable. So what happens when you rub two immovable forces together? When you rub two rocks together, you get sparks, you get friction. And that has been what has been living inside of us for the year. And there have been times where we felt it more than others, but it is this sort of lingering under the surface um, this breaking point between the past and the future and how are we going to adapt. Um, we are being called into flexibility because these two immovable forces, these two fixed forces um, are not flexible. So we have to adapt. We have to work with this energy. Um, and then the other theme that has actually carried on um, from 2020 so in June of 2020, the nodes, which represent our cosmic destiny point, it is a collective point of fate, um, moved into Gemini and Sagittarius. The North Node is what we are devouring, is what we are calling more in. The South Node in Sagittarius is what we are moving away from. 
um, what we are relinquishing. It is also what we see the shadow of. Um, so like the ugly components of that sign tends to be, you know, bubble up. Really, it's for us to like know what we're working with so that we can work it slash, you know, like untether ourselves from it. But it also tends to look pretty ugly. And um, Gemini is a sign of information. It is the sign of our neighborhood, is a sign of what is right in front of us. It is fact. It is um, nuance and complexity. With the, with the North Node in Gemini, we are learning. We are gaining a sense of how to think critically as a collective. And when the nodes shifted into Gemini and Sagittarius, like, I think it was the day after that was when George Floyd was more. I was just going to say, like, what a wild timing given. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we were all called out into the streets of our neighborhood, Gemini, to use our voice against injustice, Gemini. And we were also, you know, because we were in lockdown, we all were so overexposed to the media and new information about the lingering injustices of our country. And so, and then as the South Node in Sagittarius, Sagittarius is beliefs, like universal beliefs. Um, it is our, um, the beliefs that shape our perspective, that sort of, you know, the Bible, the do's and don'ts, the thou shalt not kill. Sagittarius stands in his soapbox and says, thou shalt not kill. And Gemini raises his hand and says, yeah, but what about self-defense? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so what we're being called into is more complexity and more nuance and to mm. think beyond the beliefs that have shaped the world that we live in. Mm. So what we are seeing now is a huge, like a massive experience of like hands in the air. I don't know. Because there is a significant period of time, a significant necessary synthesis that is needed between learning and knowing yeah and we're in the middle of that and i think where we are right now and where we have been in 2021 the greatest power move that any of us could offer is saying i don't know yeah because it is at this point the only real truth that we can access so that's what we've been going through and also i will say we just the the nodes where the nodes are is also where the eclipses happen and we just moved through eclipse season um in the last month it's kind of dissipating right now um and during this eclipse season and during 2021 as you know the south node um and we're the south node and sagittarius were experiencing the shadow and the bubbling up of our collective beliefs we are seeing um all of the restrictions and bans on abortion which to me is just like so such outdated dogmatic beliefs that are gained that are employed in order to assume a position of righteousness that's very much Sagittarius mm. you know Gemini is like you know not trying to Gemini is just trying to connect trying to gain information Sagittarius wants to take the high ground Sagittarius yeah. is like no I am right and you are wrong yeah yeah and so we're seeing the shadow and the the monster of how mm. that energy is embodied in the collective. 
So interesting. So much to ponder. Uh, as you were talking, I was just thinking about like my own personal awakenings and the th- the things that I feel like have also been happening on an individual level too. So I'm, yeah, I, hope I think that... if anyone, oh, go ahead. So, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, I was going to say if anyone has access to their birth chart, taking a look at where Gemini sits in their chart, particularly the house that it sits in um, and where Sagittarius sits in their chart and see what has changed where Gemini is, what they've learned, what they've fleshed out, what they've brought more nuance and complexity to, mm. and where Sagittarius sits, what they've let go of, this what they no longer subscribe to. <laughs> I'm like, where's my Gemini at now? Because I feel like I haven't looked in a while. Oh, so, oh, in the different um, houses you can look at? Is that where you look? Okay, so mm-hmm. if any of you have access to yeah, your so chart, you're... wait, can we do this real quick? Because I'm so interested. Yeah, because your Cancer Rising. Yeah. Yeah. You know me so, so well. <laughs> I know you. Yeah. So my Gemini, so house it's in 12th house. house. Yeah. That's what it says. But so I don't see Sagittarius. Is, Sagittarius is sixth house. Okay. So it would be right across. Okay. So Gemini or, um, sorry, the 12th house is the house of our subconscious. It's the house of all of the things that we keep hidden. It is where we store our fears, our phobias, and our limitations and build patterns of self-sabotage to keep those at bay. Mm. And so I could see how that looks like, you know, getting acquainted with your dark corners or being in dialogue with, for lack of a better word, your demons. Our our quote-unquote demons live in the 12th house. Um, or recognizing patterns that keep you separate from the world, keep you separate from others. Yeah, um, and then real. the sixth house where Sagittarius is, is all about the daily, like your schedule, your, your, um, your work environment, how you labor, um, but also how you take care of yourself. And um, the 12th house and the sixth house are interesting houses because um all of the houses are in relationship to each other and the sixth and the 12th house um, from the rising sign, which is the way I see it is like the rising sign is where your eyes are. It's where you can see the rest of your chart. The sixth and the 12th are blind spots. Mm. So whenever you have placements there, it is easy for you to get lost in those houses. The 12th house being sort of like be, not being a part of reality. It's where we escape. It's where we, you know, enter dreams, dreamscape. Um, the sixth house is where we lose ourselves to work. It's mm-hmm. where we abandon our health, our needs, and our, our like bodily, um, yeah, our bodily needs in favor of duty and labor. And I mean, below that, the whispers of capitalism. Yeah, totally. And so how in which have you since June 5th, of 2020, or I guess it was May 25th of 2020, um, relinquished or let go some of maybe the guilt or the beliefs that you held about how you have to move on a daily basis. Yeah, totally. Like so astronomically different than how I used to, which is super interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for indulging me because I love that shit. (laughs) I also just want (laughs) to say like, we're, we're flexing a lot of 
terminology in the like astrology world that I know some of you might not be familiar with, especially if you have not gotten like your birth chart read or listened to any previous episodes that Jordan and I have done together. But um, like the houses and like nodes and all sorts of stuff are things that like most of us just don't know about. We might know like the sun rising and, you know, um, moon signs that we have but that's basically what even that is like an advanced level of knowing for a lot of people so if you are wondering what that is you know first of all reach out to Jordan because you can always have your birth chart read and you're doing readings again right Yeah, yeah cool um so definitely do that but also you know like it's just there's so much to know and to learn and there's so many ways we can dive into all this stuff but I just think it really it does it's such a beautiful tool to be able to look back and look forward and just check in with yourself and sort of say like hmm like what have I been navigating personally what have I noticed on a collective basis and what might these things be helping me understand in a deeper way or just like a tool to help you you go inward um so yeah, if you're finding yourself lost and like, what the heck is a 12th house? Like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. I always say like, that's my job. You know, yeah. it is so much information to know. And I really pride myself on being able to articulate the um, complexity of astrology in a in a way that um, really resonates with people. Like, I'm, Well, it's I'm tangible both- and it's accessible. And yeah. I think... That's something that I so love about you and what I've said to you a million times, um, both on the podcast and off, that just like I often feel like humans in this space can just be so esoteric, so woo, so like in their head that it's like I don't even understand what you're saying. Like I need help for you to translate and you're not translating. You're living in this like mm-hmm. multidimensional cosmic space and I'm just like here for the ride. Whereas I feel like you live up there, but then you are able to download it and translate in a way that's really accessible to us alien earthlings, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that um, I, I look at astrology, like you said, as a tool and as a story and stories you don't need to know the mechanics of to be able to feel into it and so even just what we've been talking about um if the you know technical terms go over your head that's completely okay um it's the themes that are important it's the stories that you gather from what we've been talking about that is a point of reflection Um, because something i've been coming up on and i'll be starting a podcast soon and i think this will be my first episode But to be an astrologer is also to be the bearer of bad news. And it's not in the way that you think because people come to astrologers and they're like, tell me the answer. And I have to be like, oh, I'm so sorry to tell you. I don't have an answer. I don't know you. Like, I don't know what's right for you. I can look at your astrology. I could tell you the circumstances of what you're moving through and what you're working with and Um, you know, what's being activated for you. And I can provide you with a whole lot of questions to reflect on, but no one has the answers, but you. And that is on a universal level. If any practitioner claims to have answers for you. Yes, they are not run run away. away. This is what I always say to all my students too, because I'm like, I am a mirror for you. Like I will never give you the answers. And if you're coming to me being like, I just want you to fix me. 
I'm going to turn that shit quick around. And people get so, my students get so frustrated. They're like, Amanda, why is this hard? And I'm like, because you have to get to know yourself. Like, and that's a process and I can activate shit inside of you. I can, you know, like I said, be a mirror to your knowing, but at the end of the day, only you have the answers, right? And so my students yeah. will always be like, I know that I'm about to ask you a question that you're going to just turn around on me, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> so I'm like, yep. They can keep trying, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, it really it really is so um, disheartening that we have been conditioned in a world that disempowers us by not encouraging us to reflect. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think that if the powers that be allowed us to feel as fully embodied and in power and in control of what is right for us and understanding that, you know, the answers live inside of us. And if we don't know them, maybe it's not time for us to know them. Or maybe we haven't done the right reflecting yet. We haven't been asked the right questions. Um, I think, I mean, that would be a scary place for the powers that be to stand in. Um, But I think the more that we, you, myself, other practitioners who understand that their job is to be a mirror, um, I think the more that we are out there doing our work, the more empowerment we are seeing on a collective level and the more willingness to turn inward and sit with the self and also honor that intuitive knowing, you know, everything in our world, especially because, you know, we were living under earth for so long, earth is tangible. And so anything that wasn't tangible, anything that didn't have evidence, facts or figures to back it was, was devalued, which means that like half of our superpowers are not valued by the society at large. And when you're told over and over again, well, how can you prove it? How do you have evidence for that? How do you know? I don't fucking know. I just feel it. That's not good enough. Yeah. But I think that having people like us to be like, that's not only good enough, that is excellent. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So looking back, is there anything else that you're like, we got to cover this for 2021? Anything we missed? I know we talked about the two main things, like anything you want to say before we move to like the future? I would say those are the major ones. Um, Although one of the fun ones that we'll come back to in 2022, um, in the summer from May to July, the planet Jupiter, which is the planet of abundance and gift giving, like Jupiter is sort of like Santa of the Zodiac and Mm -hmm. loves to give out gifts. But for the last two years, Jupiter has been in um, Saturn's territory. And Saturn is like hard work, no gifts, you get nothing, you have to work for everything. Mm. Um, It's sort of like both Saturn and Jupiter are like daddy energy. Jupiter's like the cool dad at the casino who like lets you drink as long as it's like in your house. And then Saturn is like the strict dad where, you know, you you are like surrounded by like limits and rigidity and like, you can't get away with anything. Yeah. So Jupiter has been moving through daddy Saturn's territory and has been forced to dole out gifts in the form of tests and challenges. And I mean, I don't think that that's news to anyone. Like that's been the vibe. It's been hard. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But in May, Sad or um, Jupiter dipped his toe into um, <clears throat> into his home of Pisces, and from May to July, we had this ex- 
expansion, this ability to move around. We had more physical touch. The day that Jupiter moved into Pisces, the mask mandate was gone. Oh, wow. The day Jupiter moved back into Aquarius, retrograded back into Aquarius, masks were back on. That's funny. <laughs> um, but we had this like experience of like uplifted. We felt like things were quote unquote back to normal. This, this, and this, this summer was, you know, part of it was fun. Yeah. Totally. We were able to do a lot more. Um, but Saturn was moving retrograde for all of that. And when a planet moves retrograde, it's asleep. Saturn is consequences. So we were kind of, the analogy I had was like, we were throwing a party while our parents were away. Um, and we didn't really have the space to kind of like clean up and make everything nice before yeah. mom and dad came back home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so with the new variant, with um, also, you know, just like um, uh, things being understaffed and not having the infrastructure, so it's all about infrastructure, to support this, you know, buoyant couple months, yeah. we're seeing the fallout from that. Totally. Um and then moving into 2022, I'm just going to segue up. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I'm ready. Um, moving into 2022, Jupiter will be in Pisces for the majority of the year. We'll also move into Aries and then move back into Pisces because all the planets come sort of like seesaw through the sky, um, which will bring back this general sort of uplifted um, more buoyant, more expansive energy. It's also in a sign that is very spiritual and very compassionate. Pisces is, um, when we're talking about the story of the Zodiac, Pisces is the last sign of the Zodiac and where we all come back into oneness. Aries, the first sign is where we are separate, where we are brought to life as an individual. And then we move through the sky and Pisces, we fold right back into each other. And so, what I am hoping is manifested in this period of Jupiter being in um, Pisces is more collective consciousness, more collective compassion, because we are also simultaneously moving through a, a karmic collective wound of individualism, mm. um, where we are sort of facing the shadow of me and mine, you and yours, feeling separate from each other and also feeling threatened by each other. Mm. And so I hope that this period of time will act as a little bit of like a soothing balm to that. Um, so that the individual spoon that will go on for another like five years. Um, yeah. Because, you know, things move at different paces. Um, so I'm really looking forward to, to be honest, like the the art, the media, the um, the way that people are being called to channel the strife and the experience of the last number of years. Mm -hmm. um, because Pisces is a very creative sign. We also have Neptune in Pisces as well. And Neptune represents the media, represents movies and art. And, and so I think that this will be a really rich time of creation um, especially because we will also be moving through a lot of tension. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that that, you know, 
aside from it being difficult, is also an incredible recipe for creating something resonant and important. So I think that looking back on 2022, we'll be like, that was a really important year for whatever creation. Yeah. That makes me excited as a creative because I feel like that has been, there's been a lack of that the last couple of years and it has been really challenging for my soul. And I have been like craving to be more in spaces collectively, individually and beyond where we're just creating, 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 creating. So that makes me very excited because I'm tired of this. So that's cool. Ah, that's so exciting. Okay. And then, and then that combined with, you know, all the things we talked about earlier about relationships and, you know, how that's going to really shift Mm -hmm. as we like step into the next three, three, four months, really. Yeah. Though before we, we end our talk about 2022, I don't want to give a false, like a false, depiction of 2022 being like all sunshine and rain totally totally um because 2022 will also be um incredibly tense um because the nodes that we talked about in gemini and sagittarius in in january will be moving into taurus and scorpio north node devouring more taurin energy south node letting go scorpio energy Mm. um and this is going to be I'm going to go ahead and say incredibly unpredictable because as the North node is in Taurus, so is the planet Uranus, planet of change, surprise, upheaval, which is a really interesting combination because Taurus is immovable. Taurus is the one, if there was ever a sign in the Zodiac that like could not be moved, the most stubborn, like, you know, will not change, that is Taurus. And so Taurus has been going through this like upheaval since the spring of 2018. And now with a North node there, the way that I feel into it is this um, reckoning with impermanence because Taurus and Scorpio is the energy of permanence versus impermanence. And I think that it will really put us face to face with some of our greatest fears when it comes to feeling in control, maintaining control, um, the illusion of control. Mm. Um, I also think that it will have incredible impacts on sort of forcing us to deal with climate change and global warming. Um, I think it will be because the the nodes change signs every 18 months. So they will be sitting in these signs for 18 months. I think it will be 18 months um, that will have a lot of natural disasters and a lot of um, the sudden upheaval of what is ours, what we thought was always ours. Um, I think that this will also show up in the stock market, the economy, But I don't, because it's Uranus and because we're working with this faded energy, I don't claim to know how it will manifest, but I do get chilled to the bone every time I think about it. totally. So definitely a season of moving through where we feel like we're holding on from a control standpoint and being open to 
being more movable, you know, allowing for change and seeing that not necessarily as a bad thing, but as an inevitable thing that we need to accept into our worlds. I think that's a light, my lifelong journey. One of mine is like change is okay. Change is healthy. Um, and I know that to be true now, whereas like a few years ago, I was like, no, it's not possible. Um, and I know that to be yeah. true now, but it's still jarring to our systems, you know? Yeah. Well, and like the energy that we're working with, of course, in Scorpio, um, I mean, and if we might as well throw Aquarius in there too, because Saturn is an Aquarius affecting the energy of these nodes. Um, all of those signs are control freaks. Like... Mm-hmm fixed signs are fixed because that's where they gain control. Yeah. They create these structures and they're like, this is how it is. Um, and even though Aquarius gets this like weird and wacky rap, um, it's still fixed. It's fixed outside the norm. Yeah. And yeah. to move <laughs> Aquarius into the status quo, it's like, <laughs> fuck no. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but I think part of the lesson of this, challenge of our sense of control because we feel control when things are permanent we feel control when things are reliable when we show up and think you know what we expect to be there is there Mm -hmm. um which you know sometimes that illusion of control is supported by things continuing to be there but i think that this is where some of those things some of those beacons or pillars of control will be removed from us quickly and unexpectedly. And I think what that is a call into is to reevaluate how we embody control because um, Deepak Chopra says that trying to control the past leads to depression, trying to control the future leads to anxiety. And the only true sense of control that we have is to be present Mm -hmm. in the moment. And each step at a time, control our reaction our movements our attachments um and so i think that that it's i think that it will be incredibly uncomfortable um but also incredibly necessary because i think that it is always true that the only thing that we can ever count on is change yeah but especially in the upcoming 18 months the only thing we can truly rely on and predict is that what we know now is going to change. Uh, buckle up, buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> well, as always, I so appreciate you sharing your wisdom and, you know, telling it as it is because we need to hear it, you know. So um, let everyone know where they can connect with you and all that good stuff um, before we hop off. Yeah. Um, so find me on Instagram at Jordan Chomere. Um, I'm on there. Although I feel like my relationship with Instagram is also going through like a renovation. I think that's a collective thing too. So, (laughs) um, but if you want to connect with me, like DM me because sometimes I'm like, I'm just screaming into a void and it, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, so if you have a question, like I love chatting about astrology, like DM me. And that's J O R D A N S H O M E R for all of you. That's me. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, I also have a website at yourastrologerfriend.com um, where you can book a reading um, or subscribe to my newsletter. Um, I put out a monthly newsletter. Um, and then lastly, I will be hanging out in person. Um, wait, I don't know when this comes out. So tomorrow. Maybe. So yeah, oh, we're, I do. I want to do oh, this okay. as in well, time as possible so that folks could get it. I will it. be hanging out in person today, which you missed. Sorry, but I will also be hanging out in person on Thursday, the 16th at Gold Dust Studios in Chicago. Um, it's this awesome studio space. Um, I'll just be hanging out from 12 to 5, giving mini readings for whoever, you know, wants to get a mini reading. Amazing. Um, so see me there. And or if you want to work with me, um, I am producing a, uh, you know, 2022 astrological guidebook um, with another friend and collaborator, Girl in the Galaxy. Um, and that is available for pre-order now, Yay. link in bio. Um, it's a it's a guide that takes you through the year collectively and then also individually by rising sign. Um, and it's like a companion piece you can take through the year with you. Um, so that's available now for pre-sale and also for real sale later in the month. Soon. I love but, it. Um, get it cheap while you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I'll have all that linked in the show notes as always. So thank you so much for being here. You're the best. My pleasure. <laughs> and there you have it. Thank you so much, Jordan, for coming on the pod again. And for all the things we talked about in today's episode, you can just head over to amandacatherineloy.com forward slash podcast forward slash 137. Uh, all the links are there as well as you can just head over to Jordan's Instagram at Jordan Schomer, G-G-J-O-R-D-A-N-S-H-O-M-E-R uh, for all the goods. Uh, and also, as always, I will be on there and on Instagram and TikTok and seeing you. And I'm so excited to hang with whoever, you know, snags a peer support session before the end of the year. Um, and just know you are so loved. I hope this was supportive to your heart and that you really took the time to reflect and notice what came up for you and, um, you know, guard yourself and also be open hearted for what's to come as always. And until next time, I'll see you on the flip side. Bye. -bye.